You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. So welcome back to the Tracks to Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the Prefontaine Classic, Prefontaine Classic Diamond League, Pre-Classic Diamond League. I don't know the right order, or is it the Pre-Classic Diamond League? Anyway, we're going to be talking about that this weekend in Hayward Field, which is obviously hosting the World Championships later on this year. And honestly, I think the Pre-Classic always has some sort of higher authority over the rest of the Diamond Leagues, as well as Monaco. But I'd say the Pre-Classic is just a bit higher, probably at the top of the list in Diamond Leagues on a regular year. But because it's in the World Championships year, this is probably going to be the best two days of track and field of track and field we will see outside of the World Championships. Maybe even better than the World Championships, to be honest, because these fields are stacked, and with the start lists in the world record attempts, we're probably going to see some world records as well, and how many world records are we going to see at the World Championships realistically? So I think in terms of excitement, this actually may be more entertaining than the World Championships. I know it hasn't been yet, but I mean, the, the fields are just perfect in terms of competition, but also in terms of I guess running clout, like you've got Colin Salmon, you've got Cooper Tier, you've got Carl Hocker, you've got Ingebrigtsen, you've got everyone. So we're going to go through the fields and also go through our predictions. And then I think towards the end we're going to talk about the situation with the runner on YouTube because we don't really want to talk about it on YouTube anymore. And I just kind of wanted to go on a platform to sort of say an unedited version of it where I can sort of say everything in one go. Hopefully I can remember it all and just talk about it's just, a, it's just a sticky situation that we're not really going to touch on anymore outside of this podcast probably because we're not going to post it on Instagram and we're not going to talk about it on YouTube. But obviously this podcast is a bit more personal, so we'll kind of come here if we ever have any news or updates on it. And also that regards to anything like we slate Flowtrack on here quite regularly as well as other things. So this place, if you do want to, I guess, find out what we're actually thinking, I guess the podcast is... The place to do it and I also need to st- stop saying I guess because that's already getting on my nerves and I'm the host so I can't imagine what people listening will feel like so I'm going to get up the start list and we're just going to get straight into it first of all and the Diamond League for everyone who doesn't know is over two days at the pre-classic and that is because firstly I think it's traditionally over two days anyway but you've got the USA 10,000 meter championships on the Friday as well as the three world record attempts which is the women's two mile the women's 5,000 meters and the men's 5,000 meters and we're going to get into some of our issues with it first of all and then also we're going to get into some of the things I'm a little bit confused with because the marketing of it has been amazing the graphics are amazing and I really like what NAC are doing this year they are probably ahead of the game again and that's kind of where we expect to see them but it's just a bit confusing to me, a few things, and we're going to get into them now, starting with the women's two mile. So 
it has a graphic what says the three world record attempts are going to be in the women's two mile, the women's 5,000, and the men's 5,000. And the names are Francine Neon Samba, who is going for the record in the women's two mile. Obviously, she's been running amazing. And I don't think she's lost like any sort of competitive race outside of the Olympics in a long time. Um, the women's 5,000 meters is obviously Lens Geb. I can never say her first name. Gidai of Ethiopia, who currently holds the world record. And the men's 5,000 meter world record attempt is Joshua Cheptegei, who also currently holds the world record. Firstly, Joshua Cheptegei and Gidai trying to re-break their records. I don't know how I feel about that in terms of, like, they, they had a special night when they broke their record. Surely you'd want to wait until someone else breaks it to try and break it again, because you can just beat in yourself. And I know you can say that you're lowering the world record, which I guess is actually a good point. I've kind of just proven myself wrong. Like, you're always going to try and make your record harder to break. So I guess that's valid. And there's no better place to do it than at the pre-classic at Hayward Field, because it is probably the most iconic stadium in the world, uh, Hayward Field. I know it's just been renovated, but the whole history of Nike and running there is just like no other anywhere else in the world. So I get that part. But the first thing is the women's two mile. I'm getting back to that now. In You've got Sifan Hassan in this race as well, who is the women's who was the women's 10,000 metre world record holder before Gadai broke it like a day later. And also you've got Hassan, who has ran very, very fast over 800, 1500, has the mile world record, and has also ran very fast over the 5,000. So why is Neon Sava, who's a smaller name, being marketed to break the women's two-mile world record over Sifan Hassan, who you'd also think would be in world record shape? Because why would she be racing if not? And I know even if Sif, even if Neon Saba is better than Hassan, which is a possibility, but I don't think Hassan would race without thinking that she can break the world record, and she's a bigger name. So I don't really understand the marketing from that point of view. Other people in that is Coco Cluster Halfham, you've got Beerus Chebet, you've got Eleanor Fulton, you've got Whitney Orton from, oh, I was going to say from BYU, but she's not at BYU now, she's an Adidas athlete. So a stacked field, I was just a bit confused with um, Neon Sabo over Hassan in terms of picking who's like the poster person for that event. And then the women's 5,000 metres, like I said, Lens Gebit didn't Gidai. And first of all, with Gidai, her half marathon, which was 62, 62 whatever, has to be the greatest performance ever in terms of ability. And I know it's not the most exciting distance, the half marathon, in terms of the marathon gets a lot of the attention and the track gets the attention, so the half marathon's kind of in the middle. But that 62 minutes for a women's half marathon is unheard of. And she can clearly go under 29 for the women's 10,000 record, which she'll break soon, I, I presume, as well, which she almost broke 29 anyway when she did it solo a few, I guess, almost a year ago now, actually. But she's also going to try and run a marathon later on in this year. So if she runs a marathon, imagine if she breaks, already has the women's 5,000 and 10,000, the women's 3,000 is probably too short for her to break that. So she's going to have, I don't know, someone might have to quote me on this or tell me if this is the case. Has anyone ever held the 5,000 metre world record, the 10,000 metre world record, the half marathon world record and the marathon world record all in one go? Because I wouldn't be surprised if it dies, if Gadai runs something like 
2.10, 2.11. And I know that's ridiculous, but I mean, 2.11, 2.12, 2.13 is not out of the realm of possibility for Gadai. I do think she's probably the greatest female distance runner in history, and she's still quite early on in her career, but that's just how good she is. And I said distance runner, not middle distance slash distance, because I guess you've got to add Sifan Hassan and other people into that. And also probably you can argue Paula Radcliffe. But I guess just because Gidai is faster, we're going to say Gidai over Paula. But yeah, the women's 5,000 record is 14.09, or around that around that area, which is a tough record to beat. Obviously, if anyone can do it, it is Gidai. But I feel like the competition in the race, I guess what competition can you have when you could die really? But I'd have liked to have seen Neon Saba in the five thousand. Um as well, I'd like to see them both, but <clears throat> I just think you die probably gonna have to solo quite a lot of it. And that might cause a few issues in the last few kilometers. But we'll have to wait and see. In the men's five thousand meters, this is where my main issue with the pre classic resides. So in this race, you've got Sam Atkin, Joshua Chapter, Joshua Chapter guy, Edward Cheserak, Mason Furlick. Interestingly, I'm not sure if he's I'm not sure if he's pacing or doing the 5K. Obviously, Steeplechaser from very nice track club. Hassan Mead, obviously, I'd say an icon in the sport, like a legend in the sport. Obviously, Oregon track club now. So some solid runners, and you think, okay, that's a good field, especially with Chapter guy. But then you look at the men's 5,000 meters the day after, which isn't a record attempt and the people in that you'd say a few of them can break the world record so you've got Mo Ahmed who's a 12 40 odd runner you've got Eragawi who just broke the five who broke the 5k road world record and ran 726 indoors at 3000 meters solo he seems like he would be able to at least push chapter guy or challenge for the record himself You've obviously got Jordy Beamish, who could clearly break the world record. I'm joking on that, if anyone wasn't certain. No disrespect to Jordy Beamish, but he's not quite in 12.35 shape. And you've got Jacob Kiplimo. And Jacob Jacob Kiplimo obviously has the half marathon world record. I wouldn't put it past him running the being able to run the 5K world record because he's ran a very fast 3,000 and a very fast half marathon. I mean, an insanely fast half marathon. Like I think that's the one what may be close to the Gadai's record uh, in terms of like achievement. And also in this race, sorry, it's Portolimo and Berega. So you've got very good people who could push Jep's guy. And my only thought is for why they're not included in that race is because Jep's guy might get into a race with them rather than trying to get the record, if that makes sense. Like there'll be too much competition. And that could lead to you slowing down rather than having some paces. But I feel like when the pacemakers drop out, which is inevitable, it would be nice to have someone being a wind block or just someone to race against because that's different to the wave lights. But then again, also, I guess Nike have to pick one if they do want them to go for it. And they would pick Cheptegai over, let's say, Mo Ahmed or Chalimo or Jacob Kiplimo or Borrega because obviously... Chep's guy is the one who has the record already, and that's probably like we kind of just want to keep it with Chep's guy, especially since Gadai is going for the record in the women's race. It is also interesting how Nike have all the best men's 5,000 meter runners. Like, I didn't think about that. Mo Ahmed, Solomon Borrega, Paul Chalimo, Joshua Chep's guy, Jacob, Jacob Kipolimo, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, Samuel Tafet, uh, well, I guess he's not really one of the best 5K runners. Getting that Wale, the steeplechaser as well. 
they've just got a stacked men's distance running and a stacked uh, Nike are stacked everywhere actually uh, but I guess this kind of showcases that even more because it is a I guess a Nike supported event with pre-classic and stuff like that so that was that was the issue with the 5000 like I'd have liked to have seen that be one race and see other people also attempt the record that's clearly <clears throat> not a possibility with the way it's set up which also I'm kind of not mad about because it means we get to watch two 5k races in the space of one one week one I really can't speak today one weekend and onto the men's 10,000 so obviously the men's and women's 10,000 USA championships will be that night as well and it has everyone in because it's qualifying for the worlds so I'm going to run off the names and well I mean you can hear them and how crazy it is so you've got Grant Fisher, Woody Kincaid, Ben True, Sean McGorty, Emmanuel Bohr, Joe Klecker, Connor Mance, Sam Chilanga, Dylan Magard, Lopez Lamong, Frank Lara. I'm just a bit behind. Robert Brandt and quite a lot of runners who, to be honest, I don't want to butcher names and I feel very bad saying that, but it's quite late in the day and I've been struggling to speak already, so... <clears throat> I don't want to disrespect them, but you can obviously find it quite easily on the pre-classic website. It links to the entries. Obviously, Grant Fisher's got to go in as favourite, but I also think, I mean, it's a bit predictable, but Joe Klecker and Woody Kincaid obviously qualify for the Olympics. Joe Klecker's ran a good 5K. They've got to be the favourites, but also Mance is in there. Emmanuel Bohr has run a very fast 10K. Sean McGorty's run a 27.18. I never realised that was a thing. Wow. And Ben True's ran a 27.14. So you've got a lot of fast people in there. And I think you've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 people have already got the standard. So it's a possibility of 8 people who out of who finishes in the top 3, I guess. I don't really know what happens with the US if someone who hasn't got the time places in the top 3. I'm guessing it goes to 4th. Or does it go to a like a, just any pick who, who they think's best to do it, basically? I'm not sure, so please let us know. And on to the women's. It's pretty much the same as the men's in terms of the stacked fields. You've got Elise Cranny, Carissa Swizer, Emily Infield, Alicia Monson, who I'm really excited to watch race in the 10K, Wayne Kalati, Natasha Rogers, Mariella Hall. I mean, the list goes on again. And when we're talking about standards, I'm not 100% such. I'm not 100. I, I really can't speak. I'm not 100% sure what the standard is for the women's, but, you know, you've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 13 runners under 31.30, which for some reason that time rings a bell, it might be like 31.20 or something, or that could be completely made up, but there's lots of runners, again, who will be contending for the win, I mean, you've got to look at Elise Cranny and think that she was in world, um she was in USA record shape with that thirty fourteen. She's got to be favourite, but then Carissa Swiger, you can't really look past her or Emily Infield. Or Alicia Monson. I know Alicia Monson's around thirty one ten, which is almost a minute slower than Elise Cranny. But the way Alicia Monson's been running indoors especially, I think that's really exciting to see what happens and obviously on Athletics Club <clears throat> I think it's always good to see them up there because they've been innovating a lot and just to see their athletes perform well is always good. And now on to the Saturday. We're going to go through the events and we're going to go through their key performers. And the first one is the women's 100 metres. And what makes this 
a very interesting women's 100 metres is, sadly, it doesn't feature Shelley and Fraser Price like it did last year, so there's not going to be that controversy between Shakira Richardson and Shelley and Fraser Price because I'm 99% sure they absolutely hate each other, which, I mean, it's not terrible for the sport. I kind of support it actually because it's just a bit of drama. But you've got Dean Asher Smith, you've got Sharika Jap Jackson, you've got Kambunji who won the World Championship 60 metres against. Elaine Thompson against Elaine Thompson Hera, who's also in this race. You've got Brianna Williams and Shikari Richardson and Talu. So Shikari Richardson apparently ran 10-3 in training the other day or the other week, Justin Gatlin said, I think. And that's quicker than the world record. So it'll be interesting to see what shape she's in because I think she was a little underwhelming towards the end of last year. And if my memory serves me right, she has raced this year or is that completely made up? I, I thought I could see her. I thought I've seen a race and be a bit disappointed in it, but I'm not sure if that was Dina in that 200 she did. Either way, Dina Asher Smith coming from the win at the Diamond League in the 100. Cam Bungie, the world champion. You've obviously got Elaine Thompson Hera, who a lot of people would say is the world record holder. So it's a very stacked field. It's just kind of missing Shelley and Fraser Price and Blessing Okumbari. In fact, Blessing Okumbari has been banned, I think, so it's not missing her. But, you know, it's a very fast, very fast field. The women's 200 metres is where Shelley Ann Fraser Price is racing. That's interesting. Don't know why she'd be racing the two after an insanely fast one. Maybe that's why, actually. Kambunji is racing again. Let me just make sure that's not the assistant. No. So, Shelley Ann Fraser Price, Kambunji. And I'd say they're two standout. I think Shanti Jackson is in there. Tamara Clark. So, probably not as exciting as the women's 100 but it is still very good and just a quick mention in the men's 400 meters t62 hunter woodall is racing who announced that he is retiring from professional running after this race um and i think there's more information on that but i don't really want to speak on it because i'm not 100 percent sure and i don't want to get it wrong but i'm pretty sure he said he's retiring um and then yeah i don't know the men's 1500 meters is something what confuses me with the marketing because they've marketed it as OTC versus UAC versus BTC and on the front it's Vinciati, Craig Engels and Amos Bart Imaya, I think that's how you pronounce it but then when you look on the start list I don't see any of those three on the start list so I'm a bit confused with how that works. Maybe they've scratched, but it's just ironic if they all have decided to pull out when they're the three what are marketing the event because the full list is Kobe Alexander, Robbie Andrews, oh, Vinciati's there, Neil Gawley, Charlie Hunter, Hobbs Kessler, Caleb Lakeman, Luke McCann, Christian Noble, Sam Parekel, Johannes Race, Thomas Ratcliffe, Mark Scott and Samuel Tanner. So Craig Engels and Amos Bartmeyer aren't on the list, but Vinciati is. So I'm guessing they've pulled out, but it's just a bit annoying if they have. And then we've got the men's mile, which I'm sad it's not on the world record attempt, but I think it'd be unfair to assume that they could always go for the world record. First thing I want to say on this is Jakob Ingebrigtsen, obviously the men's 1500 meter Olympic champion, also won the Bauma mile last year at the Diamond League at Pre-Classic. He said in an interview two weeks ago, after his 5,000 metres, where he ran 1302, that he hasn't started track training yet. 
So if Jakob comes out and wins off two weeks of track-specific work, I'll cry with how good he is. Um, which kind of makes me think that Abel Kipsang and Timothy Chariot might be favourites. Abel Kipsang beat Chariot in Doha Diamond League and Abel Kipsang also won the Birmingham Diamond League against a very good field in Ollie Hoare and Josh Kerr, amongst other people. So if Jakob comes out off no track training or two weeks of it and beats everyone and runs, let's say, sub 347, 348, I'll just, I mean, what can't he do at this point? Like you've got to back him to break some world records on the outdoors at some point in his career, but maybe we're getting close to actually seeing it now because we've kind of been speaking about it a bit and obviously he broke the world indoor 1500-meter record. And up next, it probably seems likely that the mile may be the easiest for him to break. I would say also the 5,000, but if Cheptegei breaks it again, you know, it's going to be interesting. And then the 3,000 and also the 1,500 aren't outside the realm of possibility. And also a record he probably can beat as the men's 2,000, but I don't really think anyone cares about the 2,000. Oh, and also he could definitely break the two-mile record. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. I think a lot of people could probably break the two-mile world record, though. But anyway, the full list of the Bauman Mile is Timothy Chariot, Fontes, Jake Haywood, Ollie Hoare, Cole Hocker, Philip Ingebrigtsen, which is interesting because he's kind of been on and off for the last few years. I know he struggles with some health issues and injuries. Jakob Ingebrigtsen, Vincent Kibet, Keita, Abel Kipsang, Clayton Murphy, Will Pawson. I'm sorry, Charles, I can't pronounce your name either. It's late. Charles PT, let's just say. Colin Salmon and Cooper Tier. Obviously, we joke about Cooper Tier racing at Hayward. That is a joke for anyone listening. I'm speaking to a very certain person who probably won't be listening, but we are joking. We really like Cooper, and we would never criticise him being serious, and it's quite blatantly a joke. I just want to throw that out there, because if people didn't know, that's it, that it is a joke. So the men's 5,000 we've already been through, but I'll go through it again. The men features Mo Ahmed, Aragawi, Borrega, Jordi Beamish, Bethel Bergen, Paul Chalimo, Luis Grajalva, Jacob, Jacob Kipolimo, Sam Parsons, Matt Ramsden, Brett Robinson, Samuel Tafera, and Getnet Wally. And I don't even know what to say about that field. It's phenomenal. Like, how many fields are, are there where you know every single person? Like, well, I mean, I probably know quite a lot of the fields, but I mean, like, they're all big names. I mean, you could argue that maybe Getnet Wally isn't known to as many people, but Getnet Wally, if people don't know, he almost broke the world record for the 3,000 metres indoors uh, last year and then decides to race steeplechase over prioritising over the 5,000 and then didn't get through in the 5,000 at the Olympics. But it's just funny because he's really bad at hurdling, so I don't even know why he does the steeplechase when he's ran 
724 for the 3,000 meters indoors or 723, I think 724. Doesn't make any sense to me. But I just wanna say that because that, that field is stacked. The women's discus, Valley Rollman, and also you've got Sanja Perkovic, which I mean, are the two favorites whenever they step on the track. And the women's 1500 meters is another interesting field because you've got Gabriella Debus Stafford, you've got Jessica Hall, who ran amazing to come second behind Laura Muir in the 15 in Birmingham. Sinclair Johnson, who is the runner for Union Union Athletics Club, same with Jessica Hall. Faith Kip Piagon, who is the greatest middle distance runner of all time, just period. Um, Corey Ann McGee, Laura Muir, Nanyondo, Josette Norris, Shannon Asika, El Purier Saint Pierre, and Goodaf Tsege. I didn't even realise Goodaf Tsege was in the race. So that's you've got you've got Faith Kip Piagon and Goodaf Tsege in the same race, and that isn't a world record attempt. That it doesn't make sense to me. Because good after Sege also well ran the indoor fifteen hundred meter world record like three fifty one, three fifty two, pacing it awfully. And Faith Fagon is the greatest middle distance runner of all time, who would also is due a world record in the fifteen. I mean, throw them on throw it into the world record attempt race and see what happens. I'd like to see that, especially if Sifan Hassan in the race. I guess you've got to pick, you can't pick so many world record attempts, even in the mile. I know Sifan Hassan has that record and it's extremely good, but to see all three of them go in the mile or the 15 to try and break the record, especially and Laura Muir in that race as well, that'd have been interesting to see. And, I mean, you've got the women's long jump who has Tara Davis in it, as well as Lorraine Ugen, Ugen and the rest of them I can't really... No, off the top of my head, I mean, the two favourites are probably scratched in Spanovic and Romanichuk. Run up, I'm terrible in my pronunciations. And the men's shot put, you've got Darren Hill, Joe Kovacs, Ryan Krauser, Thomas Walsh, Zane Weir, and Nick Ponzio. It's a very strong field, I think. Obviously, I don't know why I said I think because it is. I think you know the names if you're a shot put fan. <clears throat> the women's 3000 meter steeplechase sorry if this is getting a bit repetitive I just want people to know who's in it and to be honest with a podcast I couldn't care less if you're getting bored because that's the whole point of a long form piece of content I don't have to keep you entertained you're here to listen and if you're on a run and can't change it I'm terribly sorry but we're almost over anyway and hopefully some of you enjoy actually just listening to me ramble about who's in the races the women's 3000 meter steeplechase Emma Coburn feels like we haven't seen a race in ages Courtney Frerichs You've got Jacqueline Chepkowicz. Interestingly, Beatrice Chepkowicz isn't racing as much. She is the world record holder, and she kind of came onto the scene and was amazing. And then I'm not really sure what's happened to her, but it's a shame that she's not in this field because it is a very strong field. You've got Geruto as well. And to be honest, I'm not too familiar with the women's 3,000 meter steeplechase names, which isn't a good thing. But you've also got Chematai as well of Uganda so a very strong field the men's 100 metres I'm pretty sure I saw something what said Fred Curley and Lamont Jacobs had pulled out but on the start list Fred Curley's still in there Lamont Jacobs isn't though you've got Kenny Bednarek 
Trevor, Trayvon Bromel, Christian Coleman, Andre DeGrasse, Fred Curley, Kyrie King, Arian Knighton, Noah Lyles, and Tobago. So you kind of got a lot of 200 meter specialists in there, as well as Fred Curley. I guess you could guess you can say is a 100 meter specialist, which is, feels weird because it feels like his history in the four. You back him in the 200 over over the 100, but he's obviously prevailed in the 100 more than the two recently. So Christian Coleman, very fast, but lost to Lamont Jacobs indoors over the 60, which is a big shock, I think, even though Jacobs is the Olympic champion. Coleman losing in the 60 is kind of unheard of. So it'll be interesting. DeGrasse didn't run too well in Birmingham. Can't remember if anyone else raced in Birmingham. I think Bromel raced in Birmingham as well. Um... Kenny Bednarek, another 200 runner. Arian Knighton, obviously coming off his ridiculously fast, ridiculously fast 200 metres, where his start was just insane. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And then the 400, something I'm interested in, is seeing Michael Norman, Karani James, Michael Cherry, Vernon Norwood, not really actually, not Vernon Norwood. No offence, I just not as excited as the other names but you know Michael Norman I feel like when he came onto the scene or when he left college even when he was at college I mean he opened in like a low 43 one year I was like yeah he's going to be the next one to break the 400 world record and he's just not really performed too well over the last two years so hopefully he's in back to full form and if not better because I would like to see him break the world record and I think he's an amazing person so he's my favourite to win <clears throat> the men's 400 hurdles Rai Benjamin isn't racing I'm not sure if that's due to an injury or just not where he is Not he's not where he wants to be because with Carsten like well Warham said it he's not ready to race his rivals yet so why would he travel across the world to race them and Benjamin obviously lost to De Santos in the Doha Diamond League so maybe Benjamin's scratched because he doesn't want to race until he's fully ready to beat everyone or he might be injured I'm not 100% sure so De Santos, De Santos is the favourite in this race and you know he's, I think he's the third fastest of all time now and he got bronze in the Olympics so it's interesting to see what happens the women's 100 metre hurdles has Jasmine Kamcha Quinn and Kenny Harrison that's all I kind of need to say really you know Sydney Sember as well and I mean he's got Gabby Cunningham as well but Jasmine Kamcha Quinn and Kenny Harrison clearly the two standout athletes and it'll be interesting to see how fast Kamcha Quinn can go because she performed exceptionally well at the Olympics. And I think that world record's on borrowed time as well. I mean, the women's high jump has got Levinchenko and Mihucic, So, you know, that's always going to be an amazing, amazing event. And we're coming to the end. The 800 metres. And it's a shame because Afing Mo is on the promotion. Afing Mo is on the promotion for it. But she actually isn't on the star list, which is a shame because she must have pulled out again sorry for the information where if athletes have like knowingly said that they've pulled out I haven't seen anything or can't remember seeing anything but at some point she has and so this field is Natalia Ghoul who's I guess the best of the rest in terms of everyone else other than Keely and Afing Mo and she didn't perform well at the Olympics but you know she always seems to be dominant and always seems to be there and winning races whenever they're not in it Keith Hodgkinson, who was amazing in the Birmingham Diamond League, she's clearly the favourite going into it. You've got Sage Herter, you've got Maya, you've got Nakai, you've got Gemma Riki, who sadly faded in the women's <clears throat> 800 metres at the Olympics to come fourth. 
behind <clears throat> Raven Rogers, who finished amazing. We've also got Raven Rogers in this race, Ajay Wilson and Ali Wilson. So it's going to be a fast race. I think Keeley's got to be the favourite again because she was so good in Birmingham against pretty much, you know, a very good field other than the Americans. And I think we saw at the Olympics what happened when she races Americans other than nothing Mo. So, yeah, Keeley's my favourite for that. The men's pole vault has Mondo Duplantis, Renault Lamvillani, and Sam Krendricks isn't on the start list anymore, but Chris Nilsson is. So we've had quite a lot of scratches from everything, which is a shame. But, you know, I think that's kind of what happens when we're getting closer to Worlds and trials and stuff. People need to pick their events smartly. And for anyone who didn't keep up with what we were saying, I understand that it's quite hard. So you've got the first day, which is the world record attempts and the 10,000 meters for the US trials. And then the men's side, you've got 100, 400 mile, 5,000, 400 meter hurdles, pole vault and shot put. Also says you've got the 3,000. I'm guessing, I don't even understand. Maybe people are pulling out a 3K to try and run a 3K time. I don't understand why it says 3,000 slash 5,000. It baffles me actually. And then the women's, you've got the 100, 800, 15, 3,000 steeple, high jump, long jump, and discus. So, very exciting. And like I said, it's probably going to be a very good weekend or early weekend of athletics in terms of track and field as a whole, really, actually. I mean, there's many, many big names. You're kind of only missing, I guess, the men's long jump and triple jump and other events like that type of thing but in terms of distance and sprints you're kind of covering all bases with the 104 I guess women's you're kind of missing the women's four which would be nice or the four hurdles that's kind of not there that's probably the only thing that's missing in terms of the events there's quite a lot of discrepancies with the list actually because I'm looking at it now and there's no women's 200 meters what I'm reading from when I've literally just told you who's the start list of the women's two so Either way, all information will be out about that tomorrow on our Instagram, which is the first, which is Friday the twenty seventh of May when it'll be out, and that is that in terms of the pre classic Diamond League. We did before I get onto the other things in the podcast. We did do a podcast with Nico Young, which is out. So if you want to listen to an actual good podcast, kind of me just talking isn't great, but I kind of like doing these for the information and also to get another podcast out. We did do a podcast with Nico Young last week and that's out on all platforms so if you want to listen to that I really enjoyed it and we're going to start doing a lot more podcasts with athletes I think we've got Molly Seidel lined up and after that we'll look at some other athletes it's just about getting time because I'm currently doing university work so it's a bit hard to prioritize everything but there'll definitely be a point where we're getting a lot more people on the podcast and now on to the runner part of the podcast so I don't even know where to start with this, and I think if anyone doesn't know, I would suggest watching the first video. You don't even really have to watch the second video because it's kind of repeated, and it's a lot easier to say in the in this video the the stuff on the second video. So he's a YouTube account who makes running videos about races. Sorry about my notifications. I've just turned them back on. I completely forgot. And anyway, he makes videos about races and events or athletes. And he tends to just make information up and completely lie on them, um, which is harmful in itself because you're giving advice to people who might believe it as fact and then listen to that advice and then train 
following that advice and get injured or think something about an athlete because he said it and then take it as fact. And again, it's harmful because you don't really know what's going on with athletes. Lots of different things to unpack there by itself. And then you've also got the fact that he's profiting off it, which ethically, I wouldn't really feel great about making money from lying to people. Um, But other than that, you've kind of got the other side of it, which is he, after the first video, called me out and said he wanted a, a debate with me because he knows a lot more about the sport than me and stuff like that. We tried to reach out for him for a debate. He's never got back to us. We are blocked on Instagram, so we can't contact him through that. So if he's listening or anyone knows how to contact him and get this debate sorted, then we'd love that because, I mean, there's, there's obvious reasons why he doesn't actually want to do a debate. He just said it for the cameras. Secondly, on his actual personal um, side of things, he tried to defend himself from a point we made. And in defending himself, he took a screenshot of an article which he thought was backing up his point, which actually, in fact, was proving him wrong, which I just found really hilarious that he didn't even bother or even got his facts wrong when he was trying to defend himself. That's just great. And then, I mean, there's racism and homophobia and conspiracy theories all over his channel. And we didn't discuss them in the YouTube video. I don't particularly want to discuss them here because I don't really want to talk about racism and homophobia and conspiracy theories on a podcast same with on a youtube video and people say oh you're not saying examples so it's not true i mean it is true and i could probably individually dm people examples i just don't really feel comfortable saying it on a podcast but they're really bad stuff actually and i'm not just saying that because i'm speaking about it it's really terrible things and i don't really understand how he hasn't had implications from that but i don't know and he also lies about contacting athletes and doing thousands of pounds giveaways and stuff so that was sort of a brief overview of it and he's also just recently said that he wants to have me a boxing match for whatever reason i don't know why he chose a boxing match but i'll have a boxing match with him as well which would be quite funny maybe we could do it for charity although he probably wouldn't like donating to charity seeing as though he you know doesn't really agree with much what's actually good in the world and he kind of just basically seems to be a person who likes doing things what make other people miserable and stuff but either way any way that we can communicate with him to record a podcast or a debate or anything to sort of just really get him live on the like where he can't really back into a corner or edit himself it'd just be amazing to see so if anyone's interested in that which i doubt people are because if you've watched my youtube videos that's probably enough you really need to hear and i'm not going to bang on about it again after this i just wanted to say Unless it's like a really big update, that's going to be sort of it in terms of that. And I think finally, I did want to retouch on the Cooper and Jakob Ingebrigtsen, not beef, but basically Cooper made a joke of a post saying how him and Jakob have been rivals, even though Jakob didn't know it. Jakob replied saying, I wouldn't really call it a rivalry, which is kind of funny because obviously, even though Cooper's really exceptionally good i feel like jacob's only rivals is pretty much timothy chariot and maybe abel kipsang this year and i guess you could also say like josh kerr and even possibly Stuart mcswain based off how they've raced in previous years but it's just funny because cooper is obviously kind of the best of the rest and he's still improving so at some point it might be interesting to see how they race i don't see cooper ever beating jacob because jacob is you know, maybe on trajectory to become the greatest of all time. But 
you never know. And I just find it funny how Jakob responded to that, basically saying it's not a rivalry, which is fun because I think Jakob's been a bit more active in terms of the community, um, doing a lot more interviews and press conferences and sort of joking a lot more on social media, which is interesting to see. Maybe that was a thing with his dad being restrictive in terms of what he can and can't say, because I know his dad's quite a intense person, who knows? Or it might just be the fact that he's just started to like doing it a bit more. But it is interesting to follow their training and keep updated with it, because obviously the dynamics swift, switched quite a lot. I think they're still doing the same training, but it's just obviously through or controlled by Henrik a bit more than it was previously. And he's sort of taken coach-athlete role, which is also pretty interesting. If anyone doesn't know, Henrik Ingwertsen is one of the nicest athletes out there. And I'm sure if you've listened to any of his interviews, you could probably tell that. But anyway, I think that's going to leave the podcast there because it is getting quite late. And for me, just talking at a microphone isn't really the most entertaining thing in the world, especially when I've got really nothing of substance to say anymore. So hopefully you did enjoy this episode or found it at least informative. The Diamond League is this weekend, which is the 28th and 29th of May, and there'll be plenty of races. And I know I said I'll include where to watch and things on Instagram, but I'll quickly say now, you can find all the information on World Athletics and also the Diamond League website. But also, if you're in the US, it is typically on either NBC, ESPN, or Flowtrack. And most places in the world, you can watch it on YouTube for free. And other than that, again, you can check out the World Athletics for and Diamond League for what time for where you can watch it and also when you can watch it because there's a timetable which calculates your time and says the countdown to the start of the races. And you can also keep track of all the results. It's actually a really, really nice website. So we'll keep everyone updated with interviews and posts about the Diamond League and, well, I guess for the whole of the season, but the pre-classic in particular. And we'll have quite a lot of videos coming out on the YouTube channel. We have started to put a lot more effort into YouTube, so if you'd go like over there and subscribe and leave a likes and comments and all those nice things, I'd really appreciate it. And also, if you want to leave a review on this podcast or subscribe or like it, then we'll also really appreciate that as well. And I know I feel guilty saying that after a podcast like this where I've just sat and rambled, but you know, hopefully it's still informative for some people and there's a lot of promising things to come, I promise. So thank you for listening. Have a nice day or whenever you're watching this. And goodbye.